Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And on this episode, we're going to review a couple new movies that came out over the summer, Star Trek Beyond, as well as the reboot of Ghostbusters. What's going on? Not much. Crazy week. Very crazy. <laughs> Pretty intense stuff going on in the world. I don't want to say too much because uh, if we thought we were being listened to before, could be worse now. All I'll say is I glad I went to New York City for the first time Saturday and Sunday before the election. That was a good dose of uh, freedom, Reality. for lack of a better word. <laughs> it was uh, it was just different. I mean, we're from Baltimore. It's a fairly major city, but compared to New York, it's like night one and day. Guys, being generous. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the city, New York City, a few times. Uh, actually, I'll talk about it a little bit more. And what else we watch? But uh, it's it's a whole different. It's, it's crazy. It's a whole different world. Yeah, you know what though? I was like, I really thought I was going to be super culture shocked when I went up there. And it is a little bit busier. <laughs> a little I bit. Guess, well, yeah. I just mean like the bustle and everything. But oh yeah, like everyone's moving. But I guess being from a, the Northeast. Being from an East Coast city, like it wasn't getting used to the subway. Like took all of a few hours, and after, like it was just no big deal to me after that. Yeah, I could see getting used to it actually fairly quick. But yeah, well, I mean, you can't compare. But we have traffic, and people are always in a rush, and it's just more. It's a little more inclusive there. Yeah. Because everyone's living on top of each other rather than sprawled out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, first time I went, we drove there. <laughs> and that was a mistake. Because if you thought traffic was bad at rush hour in Baltimore or in the morning going to work, uh, you haven't seen anything. Because it literally took us an hour and a half to drive through the Lincoln Tunnel, which is not a big ton- tunnel. Yeah. and uh, I was actually surprised how much things actually move along there. How yeah, yeah, yeah. Crowded it is when you're not in a car. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we we had to drive through the city on a Sunday evening, so I guess the traffic wasn't horrible. But I was surprised it took us like an hour or so to get from Staten Island to Harlem, which is northern Manhattan. I don't know if that it's properly termed, but. I was surprised. Yeah. It wasn't as hard as I thought. It makes sense why, like, a lot of residents in the city do not have cars, though. You don't need it. I mean, everything's so relatively close. You can either just hop on a subway or or walk. And as somebody that has had to take public transportation in the city of Baltimore, it is incredible that it works. Because it is horrendous here. Yes, it is. (laughs) But yeah, uh, 
disappointed in the result, terrified to an extent, but uh, the show must go on and we're doing this. We need movies now more than ever to distract us from the reality out there, so yeah. let's, let's have some fun and talk some movies. Actually, first I want to update the box office draft, the fall box office draft. It's been a little while since we did a little update on here, but had a couple big releases this past weekend. You had Doctor Strange come out. Oh, yeah. Which did pretty darn good. Uh, $85 million opening weekend in the U.S. It's already made $325 million worldwide in three days. And it's got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and a smaller budget than a lot of other Marvel movies. So that might be uh, one of the big hits of the season. Yeah, I gotta say I'm a little surprised. Like I, I thought it looked really good, but I just I don't know. It didn't really have the hype machine behind it. Didn't seem like it. Yeah, I didn't really uh, see a ton. I didn't feel the buzz. You know, I don't know if it was just because I had other things going on or or what. But yeah, that's sort of what I was trying to thinking too. But I don't know. Maybe you just don't have to advertise. A just say movie. yeah, Marvel movie coming out. Okay, hundred million. But. Apparently it's really good. I want to see it. I, I wanted to try to see it before this show, but just didn't happen. I'll definitely see it at some point. There's a lot of really good movies coming out. Soon. I've actually heard uh, some people say it's one of the movie few movies that you should maybe actually see it in 3D. 3D IMAX is what I heard is the way to go. And I'm I might I might do that if I get a get a chance over the next month or so. But you really needed a hit because <laughs> you've been str- yeah. struggling so far. Uh, Snowden is definitely going to be a uh, bust for you. It's pretty much sputtered out, not even making uh, half of uh, the budget cost that we do on here. It's made $30 million with on a $40 million budget. Deepwater Horizon, which I thought started off pretty strong. It seemed like the buzz was good. It may have had a solid opening weekend, but it must not have done anything internationally because it's only at 102 on a $110 million budget, so that's yeah. not looking good. And uh, The Birth of a Nation hasn't opened... Not too good has, I don't know if... I don't think it's going to play internationally or something. At least it's not showing up. I'll try to look into it more on the next update, but luckily that didn't cost much, didn't so it's going to Some kind good. of controversy come out about the guy who was the actor, director. Yeah, that didn't help. Yeah, it was like right when it was about to come out, too. Yeah, the but book. from what I've heard is it's super well acted, not very well directed. Yeah, yeah, because I think it was his first time ever directing, so it makes sense. I'm still yeah. interested in seeing what it's all about. I want to watch it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. But yeah, so you had three kind of misses there, but Doctor Strange looks like you knocked that one out of the park. And you still have Silence come out, which is, I could see being big, or... Maybe not, so we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I almost wish I could use my reserve app, because actually, the, from the trailers I see, Allied actually looks pretty cool. I don't know how well it'll do that. Slide me a 20, I'll let you put it in for one year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll never know. Uh, I had Trolls come out this weekend. The animated movie made, did pretty well on its own right, for you in a 45 and a half million dollar opening weekend, 150 million worldwide, 
on a $125 million budget, decent reviews. So that'll definitely net me some money when all is said and done. And uh, The Magnificent Seven is getting close to breaking even. It might make a small profit in the end, but still not as good wow, as I was I, I thought that movie did... It did pretty good in its opening weekend, didn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. It might be a fall movie thing because there's a lot more good movies come out, so maybe they kind of fall off a little bit faster. I'm not. It does sure. seem like the money's a little diluted. Yeah, until Star Wars probably comes out and just blows it out the water. But yeah, it made uh, Magnificent Seven has made like 160 million on a 90 million dollar budget, so it needs 20 more million to break even. And. Uh, Edgar's still in first place. He had Sully, which is the biggest hit that we have so far, until Doctor Strange passes it, but Sully did really well for him. Blair Witch had such a small budget, even though it didn't make a ton of money, that it's it's in the yeah. positive. And I think he's going to win this thing. He still has a, a rival coming out this weekend, which is, looks amazing. Reviews are amazing coming yeah. out of that. Manchester by the Sea, which is, again, another one. Yeah, it looks awesome. Looks like both of those will probably have Best Picture nominations. And then he has freaking Star Wars coming out. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. But I still have Fantastic Beasts, Mona, and Fences. So I I think he's definitely... The, I'd put him at minus 2,000. But we've seen that fail before, so <laughs> you never know. Uh, if you want to make a... A couple dollars, maybe put some money on one of us. But yeah, so that's the update. Maybe we'll check back in in a few weeks. But let's get into Ghostbusters. Let's try uh, Ghostbusters out for size first. This is the reboot of the classic Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd comedy from the 80s. Um, Had a lot of hate slash buzz going into it. Before it came out, yeah. terrible trailers, and then of course a lot of uh, sexism, where people said they didn't want to see a female Ghostbusters movie. Makes sense this year, a lot of that going around. Yeah, uh, but but it came out, and it was a disappointment. It didn't get released in China, so the box office numbers weren't as good as I'm sure they were expecting. Also had a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not very good. But, I don't know, I was still kind of looking forward to it. I thought, I think Paul Feig is a pretty good comedy director. I've never seen a movie of his that's terrible, at least on the comedy side. And uh, I was somewhat intrigued just to see how bad it actually was. How about you? Yeah, I pretty much felt the same way um the fact that they changed them all to females it didn't bother me the fact that they were females it just seemed um it's sort of like what I meant to say to you like the other day we were talking about something else it's like token feminism right yeah or like I felt like it wasn't actually like kind of in good spirits. It they didn't have honorable intentions. Grab. Yeah. It was more of a, like a publicity stunt or like a, just pandering. Yeah, I guess I felt like they didn't have any good ideas, so they were like, we'll just change 
all the girls and yeah, another group of people in, or whatever. It did kind of feel that way, but I have heard like some pretty cool stories about parents whose kids who have little girls that really latched on to it and and were able to go as Ghostbusters for Halloween and stuff. So I guess it wasn't a, a total loss on that front. And I, I got like if I get a start with something, I gotta say it didn't bother me. Like it didn't actually to me seem as grabby. No, yeah, in practice. In the actual... Although I didn't really like this movie. I didn't mind the characters individually. I I thought they tried too hard a lot. Yeah. But I could see how I could have liked this movie. Or... And... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely, like, the marketing was probably the biggest problem with with what what we're talking about with, like, the fake feminism. But yeah, I, think, I guess I could say that I like the characters actually. I, I just thought the movie wasn't well made. Yeah, yeah. Paul Feig, he's pure comedy guy. This is asking a lot from a guy who's like, who did Bridesmaids and The Heat, and I think he did Spy. But like, this is not a guy who's doing special effects action and stuff like that. Yeah, but. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I actually was pleasantly surprised. My expectations were pretty low, but I didn't hate the movie. I uh, I thought it was solid-ish. I thought it wasn't as funny as I was hoping, but I thought like the actual plot stuff was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I mean, overall, I didn't like the plot, but it wasn't... I really expected this movie to be pretty horrendous. Yeah, exactly. Especially from the trailers and such. Um, I think my biggest complaint is that even though Ghostbusters was a comedy, it still was kind of dark. Yeah. At least, like, the ghosts and stuff. Like, it was still kind of, like, had a scary element to it. It might not be scary for anyone that's above, like, 10. But <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know, the CG, how they did the ghosts, it was just wasn't. There was no like menace to it, so I I thought it could actually help the comedy a little bit. The characters tried a little too hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kristen Wiig's character, yes. Both of the two main, like Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, I thought were trying too hard, like you said, just like going for as many jokes as possible, and not many of them were landing for me. Yeah, I felt like a. Uh, the ones I actually laughed at would have been better if they didn't bombard me with yeah. Yum. It was like that. a machine gun joke factory, like a or a joke gun machine gun. And I actually respected their character. Like I understood why they were the way they were. Yeah. Like personalities and all that. It just not enough of it landed. But um, I did like. The two more side characters a lot. Uh, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Especially Kate yes. McKinnon. She was great. I never, I'm never. i not a Saturday Night Live person, so I don't really... I didn't know her going in, really, either of them. But uh, I was definitely won over by Kate McKinnon. I, um, I thought Leslie Jones was good. Yeah, she was. I, better than I thought, because I thought, like... 
it was so messed up that, of course, the only one that's not a scientist who's just like a transit worker of the team is the black lady. But it didn't actually turn out the way in practice, I didn't think. I thought it, it worked yeah, pretty well. She was actually, like, more intelligent than they sort of made her out to be. Like, she was more like a historian, really. Than... Yeah. And she, she had some pretty good stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I thought the funniest movie moments of the movie were generally from her. Mm-hmm. But, whatever. Yeah. And actually, I think um, I liked a lot the was uh Chris Hemsworth as the the little reversal on the hot secretary. I was gonna say the same exact thing. Like I thought it was stupid how stupid he was, but then <laughs> yeah. I thought about like reverse positions, like having yeah. a sexy secretary where she's just dumb, like <laughs> it I totally got it. it. It took me a little bit into the movie to totally understand that's where they went. Oh yeah, because if you think yeah. very refreshing, actually. it's just so that actually was one of the best parts because yeah, you then it's a man you don't think of that you know just the way all media portrays it. Uh, you think it's way too over the top, but then if you look at an eighties movie with that character as a woman, then you you don't blink twice, even though it would be the same exact level. Yeah. and... I, I just think it's cool that, like, there's no doubt about it. He's a great-looking person, but it's just cool that there's, like, eye candy like that. Like, yeah. it's acceptable. Like, yeah. not that it's not, but it's cool that someone put it out there. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not like this is a genius thing, because, obviously, it's an easy connection to make. If if you turned all the Ghostbusters to female, it's a pretty small leap to make the secretary a man yeah. and turn it on its head. But it worked. It worked pretty well, I thought. And I liked that he kind of was easy to possess later on in the film. But I thought that the actual like ghosts and stuff worked better than I thought they would. Like the special yeah, effects... Yeah, they didn't look as bad as the trailers. Yeah, they definitely tightened it up a little bit. It still wasn't amazing, but... It was a little. It was more believable than I expected it to be. Yeah, and I like some. What I think they uh, really do suffer from in this movie is the techno babble. Yeah. Oh yeah. They a little over the top with all that. And that seems like most movies that try to go for that tend to get it wrong. Yeah, it was just so unimportant. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like. <laughs> That's like the thing, I guess because I had such low expectations, I was just like pulling out any positives I found and like just enjoying them for what they were. But on the whole, like the movie has a lot of issues. It's the biggest issue of all is just that it's not very funny for a comedy. Yeah. And the, the story doesn't make up for it. Like it's not so good that it doesn't matter. But... Like, the the main villain, the guy who's, like, the little schlubby guy who's trying to do all this stuff is pretty terrible. <laughs> I didn't, like, buy him as a threat at all. And everything he did it was pretty It always seems like he wasn't in the movie. And they looked at the first cut and were like, <laughs> there's not really a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. But, I don't know, I could almost see... A second one being better? Yeah. 
but I'm not sure. I don't know if it made enough to get a second one, but... Yeah, and I'm not really sure there's a thirst for it either, but... I almost... I would have liked to see this crew kind of been doing something original. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. I think if you're going to reboot the Ghostbusters, if anything needs a gritty reboot, maybe make the Ghostbusters, like, uh, with, like, a more horror-type feel. But if you want to get these four girls together, these four funny actresses together and make a comedy, like, I think there's plenty of new ideas you could come up with and have a better chance at success. I did, I liked their chemistry. Yeah, oh, you could tell they had, you know, like the three of them were on Saturday Night Live together, so yeah, it's a natural fit there. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton more to say. Like, I liked the the big ghost at the end, like the that it was. Hap- I guess spoiler alert, but like the main big ghost at the end was the logo from the first movie, or the from yeah. the originals. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. It, I don't regret watching the movie, but I wish it was better. They, they sold themselves a little too much. To, they tried a little too hard to be funny, and they tried way too hard to have a lot of like Easter eggs. from. Oh, yeah. How bad were those cameos? Horrible. Yeah. Just... Bill Murray is my favorite comedian ever. He is. I could watch the worst movie in the world, and he's still the best part of it, or even a great movie. And I hate his camera. Yeah, it's all if so forced, so just OTT over the top. Yeah, not funny at all. <laughs> if you, it's like, is this a reboot? Is it a sequel? What are you trying to do here? It's really neither. It's just. You sort of hijacked the license. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to see more from Kate McKinnon. I want to see more from Leslie Jones, Kristen Wiig. I mean, Melissa McCarthy, we'll get to her in a second, but I don't want to see another Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah, totally agreed. So I'll give it a 6 out of 10. I mean, I didn't hate it. I think it's an easy watch. Like, if it's on HBO or something, or on TV, on cable, I'll put it on in the background. I wouldn't mind just having it on the background as a kind of rewatch in the future. Yeah, I think I'm giving it a five and a half. Because, I, I didn't mention this, but it's, it sort of almost decided to be a kid's movie, but didn't really go all the way. Like, I almost feel like if they went all the way as a kid's movie, it would have maybe but Yeah. I think my daughter was just a little too young to really get into it. She she was there in the room when I was watching it. She didn't really seem to care all that much. I think if if it came out two years from now, she probably would have liked it more. But yeah, I I think you're right. Like there is definitely a way to make this appealing to young girls, just like the first one was appealing to young guys in the '80s. But they just didn't fully go that way. Alright, so I guess let's get to our top five for this episode, which I forgot to set up at the top of the show. God darn it. Uh, Top five Melissa McCarthy movies. 
She's uh, got her start, at least as far as I know. The first thing I know she was in was Mike and Molly, the CBS TV show. But then uh, she starts showing up in all these comedies in the early 2010s or so. And she probably is the most bankable female comedy star out there yeah. right now. At least uh, box like office people wise. recognize her face and her voice. And... Yeah, her movies make money. Spy did pretty well on the last uh, summer box office draft, I think, in 2015. So, yeah. But... <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of her. I think she leans on the same kind of humor over and over again, like making uh, fun of herself, her weight, and all that stuff, which is funny, but when that's all you're doing, it kind of gets old. Yeah. It's like a crutch, almost. And I don't know if it's like that's the part she gets cast in or if that's just all she has to offer, but I don't know. For some reason, she reminds me of Zach Galifianakis a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. What separates them is he's had a few parts that were just perfect for his personality. And I don't think, uh, not that she hasn't had great, like, fit well. She just hasn't quite had that same. Well, to be uh, fair, he hasn't really had a ton of. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he got hot for a minute. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty good comparison, I think, actually. But like, uh, like the Robert Downey Jr. movie he's with, in with, like, he's just kind of being himself, like, comedy-wise, and yeah, it just works. I forget what that, that was. I actually liked that movie. Yeah, I forget what it was called. I I thought it was overrated, but it's yeah, it's not the best movie, but I like it for some reason. I think yeah. I just more like his character. And I like uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Basically, there's two just being... Yeah, <laughs> they got charisma, for sure. Like, Just film them having a conversation walking down the street for an hour. You'd probably watch it. Yeah. Uh, but what's your number five Melissa McCarthy movie? My number five is she made an appearance in The Hangover 3. Yes, she did. She was like a clerk at the store or something. And her and Zach Galifianakis almost had like a fling. Right? Wow, I didn't do, even do that on purpose. <laughs> Actually, I, that was probably my number six. I didn't put any honorable mentions because I still didn't like the movie all that much. But that movie was better than I think the reviews said it was. Like yeah, I, um, I think it's comparable. I love the first two. What anybody says, I think two is actually the better movie, but three was a disappointment. But I do agree, it's not as bad as people make it out. See, I differ in that I think they're all pretty bad, even like the first one, I'd give like a seven out of ten. I think it's the best of the bunch, but hated the second one, and I thought the third was a pretty good bounce back, even though I gave it like a six. It's a uh. I guess you could almost say guilty pleasure. I don't really feel like. No, guilty. I mean, a lot it's, of people it's love a fun them. series of movie. I guess uh, I lived in Ocean City both years. The first two came out. Instead of waking up in crazy places with putting together stories was sort of <laughs> relevant. 
Yeah, <laughs> that makes that makes sense. Makes sense. I just feel, feel like uh, the second one was. Obviously, I'm not the first person to say this, but it's like a repeat, trying to do the exact same thing that the first one did. Well, uh, the first time I saw the second one, I was furious. Because I was like, that was the same exact goddamn movie. Yeah. But then, rewatching it, it is the same movie, but it's a more interesting location, actually. And I, I think they did some of the things better. I don't really like to compare it to. I like that both of them on the mirror, but Yeah. I I hate the uh the character. God darn it, I forget the actor's name. Little Dick. Uh he's in community. Uh the The guy who plays Leslie? Yeah. What the hell is that actor's name? It was so big for a while. Oh, man. I, I just watched a video on YouTube with him. I, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. He's a doctor in real life. Yeah, I know. Uh, he was in Knocked Up as the doctor. That was when I first saw him. Um, God damn it. Ken Jeong. Ken Jeong. Uh, yeah, I think he's terrible in these movies. That character is terrible. Well, he's really not in either one of them too much. In the third one, he's more... Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's true. I, I forget about the third one. <laughs> I like him in the first two. Well, he's just craziness. Yeah, that's true. My number five is the first movie we ever reviewed on this podcast together, St. Vincent. Nice. This is higher on my list. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I actually really thought her performance in that movie was one of her best. I thought I really liked what she did. She did... Here's where she didn't do the same old thing over and over again. She actually played a fairly serious role and did a great job of it. I just think the movie overall was kind of ho-hum, but I thought she was great. And yeah, they just don't have a ton of great things to choose from, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I've seen 15 of her movies, and I probably only really liked maybe two or three. Yeah, I, kind of, I pretty much agree. I feel like I've seen more than I realize, because I've definitely seen her more stuff. But yeah, I agree. Not a whole lot to pick from. Yeah. Um, number four. four. Are these angels? <laughs> yep. That's a movie. And that's a pass. <laughs> yeah. I'm passing it right back because my number four is actually Ghostbusters. Somehow made this list. Yeah, I mean, it's on my list, but I don't have enough, I don't know. I yeah. sort of didn't number these, I'm just sort of, I know what the top two are. <laughs> yeah. Number three? My number three, I'm going to give it to a TV show. Do it up. Gilmore Girls. Uh, new season premieres uh, sometime soon. I actually... 
I never followed this show. Like, I couldn't tell you what the hell ever went on, but it was one of those shows. We actually kind of liked it. I hear it's good. I just never seen it. Well, I mean, I guess at the time I was younger, it was a girl show, quote unquote. But, uh, I don't know. It, it's actually pretty refreshing. I don't know how it would hold up, but. The mother and the daughter are essentially friends, more so. Mm-hmm. I've seen bits and pieces. And whatever. But yeah. I never even put it together that it was her that's, like, the best friend of her mom or whatever. Yeah. Not a bad show, though. Yeah. Uh, popular podcast out there, Gilmore Guys, where they uh, go through every episode. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's actually, like, a pretty big hit online, like a pretty nice cult following, which I think is why Netflix picked it up for a new season all these years later. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was on, like, the WB. Yeah, it was yeah, before it became CW. I... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, my number three is the Judd Apatow film. One of his lesser ones. I'd probably say maybe his worst but it's this is forty. I still like the movie. Um, this is the sequel to Knocked Up, which follows Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann as a married couple and their family. And I actually think the first half of the movie is really, really good and really funny because it's more day to day of their life and their relationship. And then in the second half, it introduces all this plot that I just found completely uninteresting, and it kind of just. Uh, went away from just the character stuff, but pretty good movie. Uh, Paul Rudd is the man. Love that guy. So that's my number three. Forgot that movie existed. Yeah, it's easy to forget for sure. I don't think I've ever. I may have watched like the very beginning of it one time. Yeah. Number two. Well, number two is Saint Vincent. Saw it coming. My I, uh, I have fond memories of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm and sure I'd say it's actually not as bad of a movie as like even I would review it to be. Yeah, it's super easy <laughs> to watch. Yeah, and definitely her best role for the most part, just because she's funny and she's being a little more subtle. No, oh, yeah, way more subtle. I'd say go back and listen to that episode, but I don't know how good it is. It's yeah. your first is one. Very first one? Yeah. It was like the first two or three. Yeah, first one, February 2015. You gotta knock the rust off those first few episodes, so it might be interesting. I might go back and listen. But uh, my number two... There's another one where I think, actually, she had a slightly different role and did a pretty good job. Spy, which came we talked about a little bit, but came out last year, and she plays the... I mean, it's not completely different, like in St. Vincent, but she's a little more subtle in this one, where she plays, like, the person behind the scenes with the James Bond-type character, and Jude Law, I think, plays a guy who either gets killed or kidnapped, and she has to go into the field... Where it turns out she's a really good spy. It's I don't even love the movie. It has my number two Melissa McCarthy movie, but it's a solid seven, seven and a half. 
solid comedy, decent action. Uh, Jason Statham is hilarious in it. So, uh, yeah, that's my number two. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I don't remember liking the movie, but now that you say something, her character was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. She was like always trying to be a spy in the field or something like that. Couldn't. Yeah. Even though I think they just flash back to her like training and stuff, and she's like way way better than everybody. And my number one, I think, is obvious. Bridesmaids. Yeah, it's my number one too. It's a pretty great movie. Yeah, it's a really, really good comedy. It actually took me a few times to watch. Not for any particular reason. I just... I think, like, the first time I watched it, I watched it for, like, ten minutes. It was like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, I'm being dismissive, you know what I mean? And yeah. then, like, I actually sat down and watched it. I was like, this movie's hilarious. Well, it's definitely one that broke the mold and actually gave, like... Uh, Female led or dr- female driven comedy, uh, a chance, you know. yeah. It was definitely kind of the uh, the female hangover, yeah. And and I think Melissa McCarthy was really she actually was nominated for best supporting actress at the Oscars for that role. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, she was great. That was like when you're first seeing that kind of comedy that she does, and and she has like a, a minor role, so. It's in such small doses that it, it works way better than when she's carrying a whole film. Yeah, I'm weird with comedies like that. Like, I remember for a long time I never watched, like, The 40-Year-Old Virgin or Anchorman <laughs> because I thought they looked retardedly stupid Yeah, from previews, and then they kind of are, but... That's what's great about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Comedy's tough. There's so much mediocre crap <laughs> that it's like when you find a good comedy, you really gotta hold on. Comedy's to it. definitely been in the slump the last few years. Oh now. yeah, the fact that Pop Star never stops stopping or whatever, like, is probably maybe my favorite comedy of the year. It's not a great sign because I, I yeah, gave it, it like a, say much. Gave it like a seven or a seven and a half. It's not like I loved it. But to find actually a funny comedy nowadays is uh, it's tough to do. Yeah. Well, let's talk Star Trek Beyond, the latest J.J. Abrams Abrams produced Star Trek movie in the rebooted franchise. Is that not at all conflict of interest? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, should be. But it's kind of funny that he kind of made Star Trek more Star Wars-like when he made the first two movies. And then he obviously, he got the Star Wars. And I think he was just, I don't even think he was executive producer on this one. But this one kind of feels what I imagine what Star Trek actually started as. Yeah. Obviously still more action, but... It definitely doesn't feel as Star Warsy as the first two did. But what what are your uh, what's your relationship with Star Trek? You a Trekkie, a Trekker, or uh, or not? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. 
I never liked the TV show. Me either. <laughs> there was something like, uh, and not necessarily even the show, but I think it like the time of day that it came on, and it was like school year, come on like five or six or something like that. Like it was something about that show was depressing. It was like, like so slow, quiet, dry, like, for when it was out, the next generation, anyway. Um, I pro- I probably would like it now if I went back and watched it, but just at the time in my age, I did not. I thought it was super boring and never really gave it a chance. Yeah, and I don't know, a lot of people say Star Trek is really intelligent, and maybe I was just too young to... Get it? ...pick up on the messages that each episode had, but I never got it. Nothing, it never clicked. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. But, um, I do have respect for it. I mean, I never hated it like that. Yeah. I was, I mean, it's easy to be a Star Wars guy. That's fun, that's action, that's adventure, more fast-paced. Um, yeah, but I did like the reboot. I actually have... I never saw any of the old movies except for the one with the the whales. I don't think I've seen any of them. <laughs> there's one where like there's whales in space and they have to go I don't know. It's weird but it actually wasn't bad. But I I, uh, I don't think I really even knew they had movies until you know. <laughs> kind of ashamed to say, but I know a couple of them are known as really good. Yeah. Yeah, Wrath of Khan I think is regarded as a great sci-fi movie, and obviously it was good enough for them to kind of steal that idea for the uh, what is it? Uh, Into Darkness? Yeah. What did you think of the first two Abrams movies coming into this? Like, I really uh, liked them actually. Yeah, I loved the first one. And the first I, one was great. The second one was good. second one was good. Uh, um, Benedict Cumberbatch was pretty good as, as Khan. I, yeah, I, it just, it was still good. Looked great and all. Had good action, but I just, uh, I don't know. Something about the story was kind of predictable and left me a little cold. But still a pretty good yeah. movie. I think what I liked most, especially about the first one, is the way it was shot. Yeah. Like, I think CG's so much more forgiving, like, when they were actually shooting on location. Yeah. Yep. But, um... Yeah, but now, Star Wars has got that, so... They stole the thunder. But I like the characters. I think Chris Pine is is perfect, yeah. As, um, whatever the fuck. I mean... Yeah, I like pretty much the whole supporting cast. Yeah. Uh, Spock is good. Zachary Quinto. Uh, the Scottish guy. God darn it. Yeah, why? Sean from the like Dead. every one of his movies. <laughs> yes. Sean of the Dead guy. Mission Impossible. Yeah, I shame I can't think of it. But yeah, um, Anton Yelchin, I mean, rest in peace. He had a minor role, but I like that guy. The guy from Harold and Kumar, Sulu. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like all the all the, the main guys, or the main people in the team, Zoe Saldana, she's always solid in everything she does. Um, yeah, good cast for sure. So, my expectations going into Star Trek Beyond were pretty high because it got fantastic reviews. Everyone was saying how it's like one of the few highlights of this disappointing summer. How about you? What were you thinking going in? I I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd heard good things. I expected it to be a good movie. I didn't really have too much in expectations. I just... I thought I was going to see an above-average movie. Yeah, I think it was. Or at least slightly above-average. I was a little disappointed based off all the hype, but... I thought it was pretty good. I think it's probably my least favorite of this new trilogy. I agree. I think each one has gotten a little bit worse than the next, or than the last, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, there's plenty of fun to be had here. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, Cast is still great, great acting, and it's Simon Pegg is the guy's name. Oh, yeah. Uh has a decent villain here in Idris Elba as Crawl. Um and a great new character. I actually like Jayla a lot. Played yeah. by Sophia Butella. Thought she was might have been my favorite part of the movie. But I don't know, something about it, maybe because it did go back towards that Star Trek feel, like I don't know. I just wasn't kidding. Very episodic feeling. Wasn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. It felt like the movie was an episode. Yes, it did. It felt like a long episode or something. of a, Yeah, like a better production quality of a TV show. Like, halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, they're just, they're going to just play off their strengths. It's not, not going to be anything incredible, but, and I was like kind of cool with that, but, uh, I don't know. It, I don't know if it was just the third act that kind of I don't know. Not that it was horrible or anything, but I, it definitely lost my interest. Yeah, definitely did. Especially, it got a little goofy towards the end with uh, how they resolved everything. Yeah. And some other stuff like that, but... And I thought Crawl, uh, they could have done a lot more with him. Agreed. Maybe they should have done a lot more earlier, because that could have been very menacing. Yeah, I definitely... I think... They were going for lighthearted fun straight up, but if they wanted to, they like you said, they definitely could have made him more of a pure villain. And I'm wondering if they did it because of the whole con thing. Right, yeah. They kind of got some flack. Or, or... Yeah. It was a kind of cool twist, though. I liked it, but I, I thought it was way too late. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. It kind of loses its impact by that point. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it. it was like the movie was pretty much resolved by the time they got around to breaking that. It wasn't literally, but that's how I felt. Like, yeah. Uh. yeah, yeah. I know you're a Beastie Boys guy, right? <laughs> Do you have any comments on the use of the Beastie Boys in this movie? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, pretty ridiculous, but kind of random. 
kind of fun at the same time, I guess. Um, yeah, again, this is a movie where I just wish I had more to say about it because it's not a bad movie at all. No, it's it's definitely not. But it, I do agree that the it is the weakest of the bunch. Yeah, I hope they continue to make them in some way, shape, or form. Even if they go a different route or whatever, but. Yeah, I enjoy watching them. Um, and I, the thing is, I can't really say what they should do differently because, on one hand, it shouldn't be all action, but on the other hand, like this one, it was maybe not enough. Yeah, and they do that when they do the action; it's good. Like it works really well. I just, yeah, I just enjoy all. The, like I'll watch it. It definitely feels episodic now that you bring that up. Just even all of them, really. The first one was more, the most cinematic, I thought. But I just like watching the, inter- the interactions between these characters. You get to know them and like different pairings. They go on their little missions together. How Scotty interact with Kirk and you know how's Bones interact with Spock. That's kind of the cool thing here. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's, I think I like Bones the best because he's <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good. But, um, I guess all the characters are a little sterile. Like, that's I think true. they're a little too true sometimes, too. Yeah, I know what you mean. So how did you think about the way they revealed that Sulu's character was gay? It, kind of dumb, to be honest. It seems so random, right? It, yeah, it just seemed like, kind of like, I remember it popping up in the media where they were just like, uh, yeah, his character's gay. We gotta do a sign, like a yeah. quick scene. But yeah, it just didn't seem like completely natural with the flow of the movie. But Yeah, it just, I don't know, like, I'm not opposed to it or anything, it's just... Yeah, it's cool. I, it had nothing to do with anything. It's just a nod to the actor who used to play Sulu, which even he was like... Eh, you don't have to do that. Like, that wasn't really part of the original... Yeah, I think he even went so far as to say that he never felt like his character was. Yeah, just because Hector was gay doesn't mean the guy the character he was playing was. But, yeah, I guess they were going for something. Yeah, but I'm not for it or against it, I guess. Yeah. I thought it was a little forced. Yeah, I really don't... I can't think of much else to say about the movie other than it's enjoyable definitely check it out if you know if you don't say if you're a Star Trek fan you'll love it oh yeah if you like Star Trek for sure check it out but even if you just like action movies catch it on Red Rocks or catch it on HBO or something I could see that being a a background or maybe not just the Star Trek movies in particular kind of like a background noise like action flick yeah, on the FX Sunday afternoon, they'll play all three of them back to back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've been doing that with the Marvel movies like this past weekend because Doctor Strange is coming out. I guess oh, I was yeah. watching a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy. Still holds up. Ooh, good watch. <laughs> yeah, but that's on my uh, two watch list. See. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it holds up. What would you give Star Trek Beyond? I give it a. I 
give it a heavy six and a half. All right. I'll give it a light seven. So we're pretty close. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. So what else did you watch this week? Do you want to talk uh, Goosebumps? No. No. <laughs> I rewatched Goosebumps. You watched it for the first time. Not oh, no, I didn't watch Goosebumps. Oh, you didn't? No, I started to. I just... Oh. When I went to yeah, movie. there's no shame in giving up on that movie. <laughs> I never liked even the TV series all that much. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it when I watched it the first time, but rewatched it because it's on Netflix streaming and, you know, Mackenzie. <laughs> it was fun. She liked it, so... It, it was uh, it was alright. Better, I think I actually liked it better the second time around. But it's still definitely not great. It's yeah. pretty mediocre. Jack Black cashing that paycheck. That's pretty much what he does now. Yep, that's true. <laughs> kind of a shame because I always thought he was legitimately funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> does he? He's our Uncle Jim, right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Our Uncle Jim. Yeah. To a T. What, uh, did you watch anything then? Um, what did I watch? I watched something. Um, I, we're going to talk about it eventually, but I'm through most of, uh, Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. That'll be in a couple episodes from now. I'm looking um, forward to... First two seasons in particular, and a little bit through the third. Nice. Really enjoying that. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, um, that's going to be fun. I think I meant to say this last episode. I don't think I actually talked about it with uh, Spy Games. Yeah, I think you mentioned it, but I don't think you went into it. So Yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, what'd you think? I really liked it. It's a, it's a bit dated at this point. Don't get me wrong. I remember <laughs> loving it when I first uh, saw it, but it's been well, a while. I'll say it's dated just in the sense that when you watch, like, spy flicks now, there's such mind fucks. You never know, like, who's the good guy or bad guy or yeah. the traitor. It's not like that. It's more clear-cut. Not necessarily good guys and bad guys, but just whatever. But I, I really liked it. Robert Redford's great. Ben right. Affleck's great. Is Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, oh my god, Ben Affleck. <laughs> so I was thinking of, uh... I just watched something with him, too. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I Brad just... Pitt. Yeah, I just remember those two being great, and, like, I remember liking the look of the movie. It had kind of a grainy texture. Uh, thought it had a nice pace, methodical kind of pace to it. From what I remember, it's been a long time. Yeah, I like how it's, like, something's come up, and... He's really just thinking back to okay, how it's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. come to this, and I don't know. It just it doesn't try to do too much with what it is, and I think that ends up being its greatest strength. What it is, what no, I guess you should expect it. Everything is sort of linked, but it's not linked. It's linked in a I don't know. It's not a grand conspiracy kind of way. It's kind of natural. Yeah. 
Yeah, good but flick. Is that on Netflix? I think it just got taken off. Great. Thanks, Netflix. Yeah. Only thing I don't like about Netflix, they can't keep the good movie on there. Yeah, I don't think it's what they're going for anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, their original programming's mostly worth it, but still, 80% of the stuff on there, I don't want to or will never watch. Yeah, agreed. They do have a lot of good documentaries, though. Yeah. Which I'll get to a little bit, in a little bit here. But uh, I want to just say some other quick hits on some horror movies that we watched with the with the kids and stuff. Uh, we had Casper, the classic. Uh-huh. Do you remember it? Good one. How, do you remember this? I don't know if, uh, if you were around or not, but uh, we, we used to do, since uh, me... My fam, well, me, your family, and our other cousins' family all had like divorced parents, and we would do two Christmases, you know, with yeah. the mom and the dad, and we'd all kind of share the Christmas experience together. And I think I got the f- Sega Saturn when we first, I first got Sega Saturn. I got the game, the game, the Casper game. It was my goddamn game. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember that was the first game we ever opened. Yeah, we tried taking it out. I think I, it was Scott, yeah, cousin, just snap. Yeah, he uh, pushes the button and tries to take the disc out. Literally shatters in the like five pieces. <laughs> first game we're ever going to try to play for. Wow, oh, that's I, crazy, Raven. I remember that very, very vividly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> Wanted to see that. Game. It probably was a terrible game, but. Oh yeah, I can't imagine it was. Yeah, anything but but, uh, the movie itself, like, had definitely had memories. Like, is one of those things where I watched it a lot back in the day, but haven't seen it in so long. But still remembered all these random things that I didn't think I would. Uh, but it's not a great movie. But from nostalgia factor, six and a half out of ten. Watched Hocus Pocus, which is my wife's favorite Halloween movie. And not mine. I do not like it very much. But we watched it. Five and a half out of ten. And we watched... Let's see. At the Addams Family. Which... Again, it's like... Not great. I don't... Halloween movies. It seems like it's it's tough. Not exactly horror movies, but actual Halloween movies. Yeah. For all ages or for like the whole family. They're tough to really nail. But I'd give uh, Adam's Family like a 6 out of 10. It's not bad. Watched Monster House, the animated movie, for the first time. It was on Netflix. and uh, I don't know. It had some interesting stuff going on. I thought like the look of it wasn't good. But they got creative in a couple places where it was kind of cool. Um, decent story. Another 6 out of 10. Uh, Mackenzie liked it, so I guess there's that. That's the plus. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched, actually, a recent horror movie that had great reviews this year. Don't Breathe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this, these... is a, this is the kind of horror movie I could get down with. Because it's not... Yeah, I, I think you would like it. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't... I don't think... I didn't think it was great. 
but I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. It's about these kids who uh, are planning to like steal money so they can move out of town or whatever. And I think they're high school age or maybe just out of high school. And there's a blind guy in the neighborhood who somehow they find out he's got all this money. So they decide they're going to break into his house, steal his money. Should be easy, be like taking candy from a baby because it's a blind guy. Turns out he's like kind of a psychopath and uh, like some kind of genius who can track you down better. It's almost like a... What not there an animal that's blind but is an incredible hunter or a dinosaur or something? Talking about bat? Maybe. I don't know. Location, son? <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly like Daredevil, but kind of a little bit. I think it's People cool. People really do that. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't make it, like, too over the top. Like, it, they show him, like, failing at times. So it, it's real, kind of realistic. And, uh, yeah, it's a really good thriller. It's more thriller than horror movie. It's definitely thrilling. But it just kind of... There's a couple beats that, here or there that didn't work completely. And it felt kind of short, actually. Usually I'd say the opposite. Like, I wish a movie was just a little bit shorter, but... I could have used a little more on this one. But I gave it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Did you watch anything else before I get on? Oh, uh, no, not really. Alright. A couple documentaries. First one that I have been anticipating for a little while now. It's the Oasis documentary Supersonic. Which, I, you mentioned this to me. I do want to see it. Yeah. I, I have... Mm, it's hard. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It might. Be well, I didn't like when I asked you, like, what was it about a week ago? Yeah, I didn't expect you to say anything less. But. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'd say it's amazing. Uh, one of the best movies I've seen this year. But what's that? That's not really like saying. Much. I do think it's really well made. Like I don't think it's just like there was a Calvin and Hobbes documentary that came out a few years ago that. And I'm a gigantic Kevin and Hobbes guy, but the documentary was just preaching to the choir way too much, and it was just kind of like okay. Like I want, I liked seeing Calvin and Hobbes backstory and all, but it just was not very interesting other than that. But this is very well made. It's made produced from this by the same people that made Amy, which is an awesome documentary from last year, Amy Winehouse, and it kind of uses that same style, which I think is a great style for a music documentary where it's all footage it's all archive archival footage no talking head like you're just looking at the guy being interviewed or whatever and i was shocked at how much footage they had of just all these major moments in the band's you know timeline and i'm a gigantic oasis fan and there was a ton of stuff that i hadn't seen before and uh yeah i thought it was very well made Got me back on Oasis kick. I've been listening to all their old stuff again. and Yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And they just showed like different pers- the different perspectives between the two brothers on the same accounts, like Liam and Noel. Liam is obviously the more brash and out there guy, whereas Noel's more cocky but reserved. And uh, they did not get along whatsoever, but... They were both being interviewed and have totally different perspectives on certain things. Just interesting to see that. And just the wild and crazy times of the band. Like, 
they basically admitted if there was a drug out there, we were going to snort it. And then shows <laughs> like uh, we were when we got to America, we first came to America. We didn't know it, but we were snorting crystal meth all night, and we didn't sleep for three straight days. And then <laughs> we had uh, we had our first concert, our first uh, thing, and none of us had any sleep. And they actually have video of this, and it's like they're all playing different songs at the same time. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. They're getting booed off the stage. Liam's threatening like to kick someone's ass. Uh, pretty great stuff. I remember um, I watched a documentary on the Who, and they all talked about they ate all these amphetamines and then went out and played, and they like the same thing. They're all playing at different tempos, yeah, different songs. <laughs> <laughs> But the cool thing, I don't want to keep talking about the documentary too much, but because uh, I, I hope you get to watch it and then we could talk about it some more. But the cool thing is it's like it's the rise of Oasis. It's not the rise and fall. This is just three years from when they first got signed or even before that to how mega they were. And they played like for a quarter of a million people at the football stadium in, in like three years and just how rocket fast they went up to that level. Yeah, I'll definitely be down to watch that because, like, besides you, and, I mean, you're, at least of our family, like, super fan of Oasis. Yeah. Oh, Everyone yeah. was kind of into them. But I think it was always a little lost on me how big they were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in England. I mean, I think if you weren't really from the UK, you didn't have a full grasp. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, but, even... I know they were even pretty big in America. Like a lot of their singles were huge here, but I mean, over there, it, they're mad for it. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I I can't be objective, but it, I oh, well. shoot me about everything. Yeah, just enjoyed the hell of it. I actually I paid I rented it for seven dollars on Amazon, and I could have bought it for twelve dollars. And as soon as it was like 10 minutes in. I'm like, God damn it. I should have bought this <laughs> because I'm going to end up buying it anyway. <laughs> I just, I'm sure I'll watch this a bunch of times. It's something I like to have the physical copy of though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to try to buy a Blu-ray of it, but yeah, it was awesome. So I guess all else I have left is some TV stuff. You mentioned black mirror, uh, yeah, I finished season three. We're going to talk about it. It's amazing. Can't wait. I finished Luke Cage, finally. And it's still I pretty much where I said before. It's my least favorite show of the Marvel Netflix stuff, but he's probably my favorite character. But the show, is it's like, like I said, I think I said this before, but it's like should have been eight episodes, but they stretched out to 13, so it kind of slows it down. Yeah, I've heard the bad guy sucks, and... Yeah, well, the first... General thumb, rule of thumb I get is that this could be the best TV show, but it's uh. not yet. Yeah. Or the reason wasn't. Uh, like, likeability-wise. Yeah, like, I think they probably are contracted into having 13 episodes, and then maybe they're learning that that was a mistake, because... It'd be more powerful for them to just get in and get out. Tell the, the like the best story you can. I but. think it'd be cool if they did like a a lot shorter seasons, but 
interact it more with the other like how they have the Daredevil and all that like like you say they had like a Luke Cage season that was like six to eight episodes but then they had like four or five episodes with say theoretically your Daredevil or whoever I'm not really that into it where I know all the characters but <laughs> I was, something like that yeah but I mean I still enjoyed the show and uh yeah, I'm I'm glad they're doing it, but it's probably not going to make my top ten shows at the end of the year. Uh, by the way, have you seen that? There's a couple networks are doing the Netflix thing where, like the I forget what the show's called, but like the show's going to come out weekly. But if you have their on demand, you can watch the whole show. Oh really? Yeah. No, I hadn't heard that. I forget what it's, it is. It might be like TBS or something like that. I can't remember. Could be an interesting experiment. See the future of TV. See how it goes. Yeah. Because I, I definitely... I guess it's one of those things where it's like... People say TV's going to go away, but... it's. I don't think it's going to go away. It's just going to become more like the internet. Yeah, it's just going to change shape. Like... My kids will know it as TV as something other than we knew it when we were growing up. But it's still, they'll probably still call it TV. I don't know. Interesting. I mean, uh, I think it's Comcast is integrating Netflix into their boxes. Yeah, I did, I did hear about that, which I think is a good idea on both fronts. It's just, it's sort of common sense at this point. Yeah. They have a million devices that can run it anyway, so. Yeah, you might as well get in on that action. It's going to be happening anyway. But uh, I also finished Atlanta, the first season of Atlanta. Uh, the oh, you like this? Yeah, I liked it a lot, actually. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's so different for what's on anything that's on TV right now. And they definitely got like experimental with some of the episodes. And I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know about experimental, but they just tried. Uh, different stuff with it. It wasn't just like a straightforward story, the same old story continuing every week to week. Uh, the finale was great. I can't wait for season two. Uh, definitely a show I'll, I'll want to watch all the way through. You should definitely check it out. I think you would like it a lot. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I, I'm not a big fan of Donald uh, Glover or whatever his name. You might, you might change your mind with this. He's different. Yeah, it's He's, not someone that I don't I don't hate him by any means, but I don't know. And he's not, like, he's not the best character either. <laughs> Paperboy is the best character. Uh, there's one episode where it takes place, it's like, uh, almost like a show in a show. Uh, Paperboy is the rapper and um, uh, Donald Glover is his manager or whatever, but it's, he, Paperboy on this, like, BET... Uh, style show where they're talking about these issues and and he's on there and it even has like commercials that they recorded for or filmed for the show you know it's very funny very uh very interesting stuff yeah, I've heard nothing but good things so definitely have to check it out yeah and uh Westworld we should check in on Westworld I guess yeah we're through six episodes now are you all caught up yeah I thought this last episode was the best so far. I 
starting to feel like that about every episode. Yeah, it seems like it just gets a little bit better every time. But kind of doing the Game of Thrones thing where they're they're building everything up, but they're doing it so much. This is not a slight to Game of Thrones whatsoever, but it's kind of better in its build up. It's not the same at all, but I like how the slow burn is every bit that I'm getting. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to compare Game of Thrones because I read the books and and all that stuff. But but as far as like what I love most about Westworld is that. Yeah, I enjoy the episodes when I watch it, but it get, for two days after I watch it, I'm thinking about it. I'm listening to podcasts. Like my, my experience is extended. Like I'm constantly learning, like or hearing theories, and I don't know. You just it's like more to it afterwards in reflection than actually just being entertained while it's on. And yeah, um, I just saw an interview with Evan Rachel Wood about making it. She said it was so hard to make. Oh, I could imagine. Calls yeah. for like. There's the acting is having incredible. an anxiety attack, system off or whatever. Yeah, back to normal, and then she's like, one part's like, you're completely emotionless, but you have tears running down your face. She's like, what the fuck? Oh, and you're butt naked. <laughs> yeah, and she also said like the first scene she ever did with Anthony Hopkins, she was butt ass naked. Yeah all that stuff <laughs> but she said they uh they filmed chronologically huh so that they didn't get every episode script until before they were shooting it makes sense so they were actually like she said the the joke on set was everyone thought they were anthony hopkins <laughs> oh, very interesting my favorite character is mave i think um Tandy Newton is just awesome. She's killing it. And it's the most, like, I don't know, to me it's the most exciting thing because I like the Man in Black stuff and I like, I mean, I like it all, but for some reason her stuff is the most interesting. It's like, I guess because it's the focal point of the robots actually kind of making the switch from slave to aggressor. Yeah. And I don't know, I just love the way she's She's uh she to- she toyed with those those guys. It's funny how like they show her intelligence is real low. She kind of outsmarted all them at that point. Yeah, exactly. They don't let us go higher than fourteen, but yet she still was dominating the whole thing. And that was pretty awesome. Great moment at the end, which is like just put my intelligence all the way up. Yeah, it's like, it's like- oh shit, it's going to hit the fan. I can almost feel it. But yeah, I I gotta agree. I like all of it. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, uh, this week was pretty interesting because you see what the little boy is exactly. Yeah, I kind of figured that's what he was, but didn't... Yeah, really... I didn't... I guess I didn't totally realize he was the old ones. Well, yeah, that's true. And, that the, and whole... the fact that they act so much different. Although I think he says he's tinkered with them. Yeah. But he gave them flaws or something. Yeah. And that, but it makes his character family. that much more interesting because you think that he You wouldn't think that's what he's into, the way he's portrayed himself to be so far, but 
sort of wants his cake to eat it too. Yeah, and you don't really know for sure. See, like as soon as you think you have a beat on him, he kind of does something the opposite, and it's like, yeah, I I like it. He's he's keeping you on your toes. Yeah, he's he seems like he'd be the opposite of what this Arnold character person is supposed to be, but. All right, what's now it's starting to seem like deep down inside he maybe thinks the same thing or something. All right, what's your theory with Arnold? I'm not 100% sure. I've actually been actively not looking at theories. Solely because people are so fucking good at it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like with Game of Thrones, like I, I do do it. But... It, the le- even though the last season was incredible, it was almost a letdown in a way because people were so on the on the ball. Yeah, yeah, they were just on it. And that now there's a whole lot more to draw from for that. But. Yeah, yeah, and I won't e- I won't even say because it, it just seems like some of these theories that I've heard are like as soon as you hear them, it's like yeah, that has to be what it's going to be. But I don't know. I guess half the fun is. If it's still executed well, it's going to work. Like, there's a season of Dexter once it started started going downhill where I read a theory halfway through the season. I'm like, duh, yep, that's what it is. And then it kind of ruined it. But I think it was more that the show just did not do a good job rather than just being spoiled. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If I do read something or see something interesting and it is what it is, but I'm that, not going to be upset. But I don't know. It's just I think it could be a few things, and they're they're definitely misleading you. Oh, yeah. it's either that they're misleading you, or it's like so obvious that after you figure out what it is, that a lot of moments earlier in the season are going to be like, holy shit! They they kind of gave us the answer in the first episode. Or, yeah, see, it could be a show you want to rewatch like immediately once you have all the puzzle pieces on the table. I uh, Even with Game of Thrones, I kind of noticed that, like, going back and watching the first season, where it's like, wow, they really did foreshadow a lot of stuff that wasn't yep. coming years. Yeah. But there's no doubt in my mind that the two-timeline theory is is for sure real. Yeah. I gotta agree. There was only that one episode that kind of messed with it. Yeah, and you could, like, in hindsight, that's definitely was on purpose to try to throw people off, I guess. But, yeah, it's just a matter of who did he grow up to be, you know, kind of. Yeah. And I think that Bernard is, is Arnold. Yeah, I mean... The general feeling I've gotten is that there are there is a major character or a few that don't know because we just found out that like they can clone pe- like some of the early models were actually just clones of people, right? Yeah. I think maybe Bernard is a clone of Arnold and then maybe his consciousness was uploaded into that you know, and they just wiped the memory of all the bad stuff or something. 
Could be true. Could be. Or, or I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. With, with and that. I, one of the theory things I did see, actually, was they bring up, like, how he talks to Bernard a couple times. Like, when he's leaving, having a discussion, he's sort of like, keep me in the loop, but the way he says it almost sounds like a command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, me and Dave were sort of arguing about this, but in the one episode where the man in black busts out of jail, is that the same guy as uh, the guy with the guy with the white hat's partner? Hmm. I don't think so. He has a scar and all that. They're similar looking. I just didn't know if he was like a I don't know. I don't think so, but I mean, I don't know. I guess he wasn't, because I feel like there'd be a lot more Yeah. about it. But that was the impression I got when I first saw that episode. I was like, huh. And now I'm thinking, like, who Dolores is the oldest one in, in the whole thing, right? So who is she a clone of or a doppelganger of? True. Because it has to be someone. I mean, because it seems like all the early models, they were just basing off other people. And I can't get the part out of my head where Anthony Hopkins and her are talking and she says, are we old friends? And he says, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all. Like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, yeah. That was even in, like, the previews. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Scorned lover? I don't know. Weird. I think he also says something similar like that to someone else, too, earlier. I'm getting a little lost. Yeah. what? Everyone is a robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's either everyone but him or... <laughs> yeah. Is <clears throat> But, yeah, I'm in, definitely enjoying the show more and more every time, every episode. It also uh, interests me that Bernard knows about Maze. Yeah, that is interesting. And they haven't really said anything else about that. Yeah. And then they say that Arnold is, like, doing something with the controls. And also, like, these random flashbacks where uh, Bernard is, like, talking to Dolores and stuff. Maybe that's the past before Arnold died. Yeah, well, I was also... About to say that because he tells her that he wants her to try the maze, and then she's actively trying to do that with the younger guy. Yeah, the white hat. But then it seems like the rest of the timeline is definitely one hundred percent with the man in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William is the man in black, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm horrible with names. No, I mean, like, William's the guy with the white hat, uh, and then the man in black is obviously the man in black. I think they're the same person. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's almost definitely true. Yeah. It's just this show is such a mind fuck that it just makes you think. I, yeah. But I, what I, I find interesting work. is how, because... He kind of gets put in this place that even though he works for a big company and he's like married to the guy's sister, he's kind of a peon. Yeah. So I'm wondering what he does in Westworld that kind of 
Well, I'm thinking that his buddy that, you know, talked down to him like that. Remember there was, they said there was, there hasn't been an incident in 30 years. I think the incident could be that guy getting killed, which kind of raises him up the ranks. And then by the time 30 years in the future that like someone said to the man in black, like, wow, it's you, you really helped save blah, 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 blah. You know, so I don't know. I think it's all going to come together, episode 9 or 10. Either that or winter's coming. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like they kind of, they feel like, remember they had reshoots and all that. I think they feel like they really, the show got better after that. Which I think is like where we are now. When they shut production yeah. down for a while. So, hopefully it just continues to to work. I also find it interesting that this show kind of got a lot of flack for like the contract they had for people's like sex scenes and stuff. And it really hasn't been so distasteful, I don't think. Even like when they had one episode when they had like the orgy scene. It's not it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. No. And I it's like for a reason though. Like this is Robots who are programmed. Yeah, it's not it, like I don't really mind the nudity in Game of Thrones. But no, I mean, there is a lot that's just let's just have some naked girls. Yeah, it's salacious, but it's not that way in Westworld. It's like like uh, Maeve is just she's naked because she's a robot getting you know work done. She's not a human being, so of course she's just sitting there naked. Or and I like that concept because it's sort of like the don't name something that you're going to get rid of type way of thinking. Yes. They're not people, so don't cover them up and treat them that way. Yeah. But I love the show. I don't, every Sunday I don't miss it. Yeah, I usually watch it on Monday night. But Yeah, well, I, late Sunday night or Monday morning. But, yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode, unless you got anything else. Yeah, good. All right. Well, you know what to do, you out there listening to this right now. You email us, theredboxreport, yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter, at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter, at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter, at redboxreporter. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. And as always... Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.